Welcome back to Off the Water. I hope you had a happy and safe Mardi Gras. I'm your host, Darth Yacker. Joining me tonight is my sidekick and all-around technical guru, Tyler Caldwell. We also have with us tonight Jeffrey Oliver and Josh Thompson. Uh, they're here to talk to us about this weekend's uh, Trout Challenge. We're also excited to finally be able to announce the format for our next tournament, Double Trouble. Uh, this is a tournament that we've been working on for some time, trying to get the right format down uh, to make sure that it's uh, a level playing field. So we're looking forward to discussing um, this tournament with everyone tonight. Certainly, we're going to be taking your questions about this tournament. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions today and, and leading up to it, but we've got uh, a few weeks leading up to it to, uh, to be able to address everything. Before I get started, um, I would like to, to mention a, a message I received this morning from one of our newer members. I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, this gentleman um, uh, provided me a little story that I wanted to share with everybody. Uh, he's a member of our Armed First Forces uh, serving in Afghanistan. He was shot um, while on duty. Um, unfortunately, it lo looks like he's, he's okay now. But when he returned home to the States, one of his buddies from the military got him involved in um, Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. His first tournament was Paddlepalooza uh, last year. In the past year, he tells me his life's changed significantly. Um, he's lost 20 pounds, and apparently um, that's making his wife very happy. From what I can gather from the, the message that we exchanged this morning, I'm sure returning home from a war has been very difficult on him. And I think uh, just reading through between the lines that this club has, you know, helped him get back, uh, kind of get back on track, kind of getting adjusted back to normal life over here. Um, and, you know, I certainly look forward to, uh, to meeting him uh, at our next tournament. Now, you know, none of the officers or even the volunteers that we get our mini tournaments are, are paid for what we do. Um, but we do it, I think, in part because it, it helps us. Um, help people forget about their problems, even if it's only for a few hours a week or tournament here and there or sharing fishing stories, et cetera. Um, I think this day and age, you see a lot going on with depression, anxiety, um, suicides are on the rise. And I think the more we can do to, to um, help each other out, to help uh, everybody kind of um, have that outlet for uh, their depression or anxiety and get out there, um, it, it's better for all of us. And uh, I, I tell you, I got that message this morning on my way into work when I was driving in. I shared it with some of the other officers. Uh, I know it certainly made my day. I think it made theirs. So we do appreciate um, getting feedback like that, knowing that, you know, what we do, you know, even the little things does make a difference in some people's lives. So we, we really appreciate that. Um, kind of keeping um, on that note, uh, our club donates a portion of the entry fees that we get from Patapalooza and Fallen Tide, which are our two big tournaments, to charitable organizations. Um, now they can be any type of charity, but we usually try to focus on those that involve fishing since you know we are a fishing club and we do promote the sport of, uh, of fishing. So if you're looking for an organization to donate to, you know, um, you're not sure about some of those organizations, take a look at uh, Mission 6. Um, that's uh, a charity run by Matthew Roberts. I think it, it, it helps to, to get some of these military guys when they get back to the country, uh, helping them uh, deal with some issues, PTSD and stuff. There's Wish to Fish, which is an organization um, that helps out uh, underprivileged kids getting to fishing, um, donating old uh, fishing gear to that. Uh, there's also another one, Dose of the Coast, uh, which I understand helps people getting um, uh, going through cancer treatments or other illnesses, uh, kind of giving them a day out. Uh, of rest there. These are all excellent organizations. You can check them out on their Facebook pages. What we're going to try to do is have a representative from which from each of these organizations on uh, when we do our Patapalooza uh, episodes, have them talk a little bit about their, um, their organization, what they do, and uh, kind of give everybody some information because generally we hold a club vote uh, for which organization we're going to donate to that year. Certainly, if you're part of an organization uh, that's involved in similar type missions, feel free to, um, you know, let the club know. We'll certainly put it out there as we always like to support uh, these organizations. So back on a happy note, you know, um, we had Trout Challenge this, uh, this past weekend. Um, great tournament. Uh, we had some, some really good weather, as it turns out. But uh, I, I got a message, Tyler, from uh, one of the lady members uh, of our club before the tournament, uh, Hart Faust. Um, she's, you know, she, she'll come on and post on the, on the club a lot. And her and her fiance were going to fish the tournament. And she texted me 
and said, look, I've been out there before, but I don't really fish with artificial bait a lot. I usually lose live bait. No idea what I'm doing. You know, I'd be happy catching one trout. Can you kind of point us in the right direction? So, you know, sure. There's, there's some areas that I think close by for, for, you know, some beginners and people learning and, uh, you know, made the, made the recommendation. Of course, I think the easiest bait to use when you're going for trout this time of year, is probably gonna be a voodoo under a cork. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. After the tournament, she texted me and said that, uh, her and her fiance ended up catching five keeper trout, four redfish and a bass. So, you know, pretty exciting for someone going out there, never really having fished with artificial baits before going out there and catching some fish. Um, especially when you think that we had a number of people get skunked this past weekend. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names, Colby, but there were some people out there. I think that got skunked, uh, as I recall. <laughs> so, um, look, I also want to give a shout out to Jessica Bryant, one of the salty chicks, uh, our angler of the year points were updated. Uh, thanks Tyler for getting out so quick. And Jessica is sitting pretty. She is in the top 15, having weighed in fish at both Minimalist Challenge and Trout Challenge. So great job, Jessica. I uh, didn't do the math, but I think you're 15 or 16 spots ahead of your husband. So he's going to have a little catching up to do. Uh, I guess a little bragging rights going on in the Bryant household these days. Um, you know, one other thing I found out, one of our members mentioned to me that this podcast can be viewed on the Facebook app on most smart TVs. So what I hear is that if you are not watching us on a 60-inch curved HD TV, you are missing out. So uh, I think I'm going to try to give that a go next time I'm at home and, and, and can watch it. So um, moving on a little bit, Tyler, you know, we had Lent coming up. I had a pretty good week this past week. I got to tell you, I, uh, I gave up alcohol for Lent. I lost three pounds just by giving up my nightly wine. <laughs> Uh, we'll see how long you stick with that, though. We we lost your video. He gave up wine. It's killing me right now. I have to have a glass while I'm talking. Talent. I gave up wine. It's tough. I'm drinking water right now. Uh, cheers. So kind of moving on to Trout Challenge, guys. We had a great turnout for this event. Um, we had 73 registered anglers, 39 people weighing in fish. Uh, if our, I think our last two trout challenges, we probably had under 40 people registered. Um, I know there were some, uh, people, uh, concerned about, um, fishing for trout in March. Um, but you know, this was, uh, an idea mentioned by, uh, Chuck Bayhan, actually one of our assistant tournament directors. He, he thought it might be an idea. Uh, Tyler actually helped uh, select the date for the tournament. So I give props to those two guys. Uh, we end up having some really good weather, uh, all things considered. Lots of fish were caught. Some big fish were caught. Um, and I think everybody that fished the tournament had a really good time. Uh, one of those guys is actually uh, Jeffrey Oliver, who we have here today. Jeffrey managed to finish it in the money, snagged fifth place in this tournament with a 10-fish stringer of uh, 13.57 pounds. So, Jeff, you know, I I've been in Bayou Coast for a couple of years, and I always see your names kind of popping up on the leaderboard and a lot of our tournaments. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where are you from, Jeff? I'm from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, I primarily fish in Lake Park. part of New Orleans? I'm sorry, you bring okay. it up a little bit. How did you get started in fishing? Oh, I got started. Sorry about that. How did you get started fishing? Oh, I started years back when I was a little kid. My dad would take us out onto the, uh, the lakefront, and then uh, – Maybe when I turned 10, he bought a boat, and so he would take us out at Seabrook and Lake Pontchartrain, and we would catch croakers and white trout on the bottom with market bait. And that's when I fell in love with fishing. Okay, sorry about that. I'm trying to adjust some things over here. So, Jeff, you started out fishing at Lake Pontchartrain? Yep, pretty much, yep. Still right. fishing in Lake Pontchartrain now. <laughs> that, that's kind of what you consider your home waters, huh? Yep, yep. That's what I do most often. I'm, I live like 10 minutes away from the lake, so... That's where I usually default to going. Yeah, and I know this the opening of the spillway has got to be killing you right now. Oh, yeah, it's, it's rough because we were just getting to the, uh, the spring run of speckled trout in the lake. And uh, it's, the, the fresh water is okay. going to push all those trout out for the most part. How long have you, how long have you been kayak fishing? Um, I started yeah. kayak fishing in 2014, and uh, I bought my first kayak in January, and like right before Minimalist Challenge, I jumped into Minimalist Challenge and I've been doing tournaments and, and 
fishing at any chance I can get ever since. That's great. Um, so with, with respect to Trout Challenge, did you do any scouting prior to the tournament? Um, I did a little bit of scouting. I was, uh, uh, I guess, what was that? The last week of February, I was doing the, uh, the Texas Fish Picks tournament. I needed to upgrade my trout. So it kind of fell in, into place where I, I did a lot of trout fishing uh, that last week of February, and I scouted out a few different areas looking for some big trout. And I didn't find them for the Massey's tournament, but I did end up finding an area where I wanted to fish for the, uh, the trout challenge while looking for that upgrade. Okay. All right. And so, um, you know, the tournament's coming up. You, you kind of, you know, I know you're familiar with the area. You're not living that far from it. What area did you decide on? And I know we're not going to get into specifics, <laughs> but, you know, there's basically four big areas out there, Shell Beach, Hopedale, Delacro, Reggio. Yeah, so we, uh, we ended up fishing Reggio. Uh, me and my buddy Cody kind of had a plan. We had an area that we usually fish this time of year. And uh, I was surprised when we got to the launch that uh, it was only two other guys launching there because I know that there's some good, some good trout fishing there this time, you know, winter and uh, through the early spring. So, yeah, we, we fished regular okay. areas. Okay. Tell us about your strategy when you went out. Um, did you have any particular strategy based on the conditions or anything? Yeah, my, my strategy was to try to get it done early because I knew that uh, the wind was going to start blowing somewhere around 10 o'clock. So we launched at uh, the earliest possible time. I think, what was that, 5.45? Yeah. And uh, we, we launched at 5.45, headed out to our spot, and uh, we were casting the whole way there trying to get those 10, that, that string, uh, 10 fish stringer in the boat, no matter what size it was, because we knew that the wind was going to pick up to 15, 20 miles an hour. is going to make it tough to fish. Yeah, so so initially what you wanted to do from what, what it looks like, you were just trying to get the 10 fish in the boat, not really focused on trying to get those big fish early, get 10 fish and then maybe try to upgrade right. a little bit later on. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty much okay. the strategy was to just fill out the limit and then get my, uh, my upgrades as the day went on and try to upgrade and knock out the smaller fish as I went through the day. But we did, uh, we started with top water in the morning so that was that's usually a big fish bait so uh it didn't hurt to throw top water early and, and work fast with the top water because we knew we were going to catch some quality fish on top yeah so so what type of baits were you using out there uh usually when i throw top water uh what did i use i used the, uh, a mirror lower sheet on yeah was, that was my first bait and uh, i also threw a, a rapala skitter walk well, the other half of the time, but uh, it seemed like the she dog was working better. It's a louder top water, so it seemed like it was getting a better response. What color she dog were you using? Because that, that was a similar bait to what I was using. Um, what was I using? A bone uh, glow. I think that's I think that's the name. Glow. It's a it's a white whitish color. Whitish color. Okay. <laughs> now, did you notice any particular pattern to the trout out there when you were fishing them? Yeah, actually, it was a pretty interesting top water bite in the morning. They would. You would make your cast, and then you would work it like twice. I would pop it twice, and they would hit it within that first few uh, twitches of the top water. But after that, they wouldn't hit it all the way back to the boat. So they would only hit it after the initial splash down and the, the first few uh, pops of the, the lure. So it was it was interesting. Okay. Did you ever switch from anything from other than top water? Well, I threw top water pretty much straight through till ten o'clock when the wind started picking up. And um, after that, I started to alternate between a, a popping cork and um, and a top water. And I found that if you popped it pretty aggressively, which is interesting because I heard something you said earlier, I was popping it very aggressively, and that's when I was getting my bites. If I would let it sit, it wouldn't it wouldn't do anything. Hmm. But we kind of just drifted with the wind across these open bays. So with you, we would run in the fish every now and then on the popping cork. And I actually caught some decent so that's uh, interesting. Upgrades, 18, 19 inch trout on the, uh, under the core. So you had to pop it aggressively and really work it for those trout to bite over there. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. We were fishing open water that was pretty rough once that wind picked up. So I was yeah. 
it seemed like that was the best way to call them up and get their attention. About how deep were you finding the trout in the water over there? So we fished areas that primarily people think of as red fishing areas. So a lot of times it was three feet, um, mm-hmm. three foot ponds. And it seemed like the trout would hold into the deeper areas. Wherever you could find like a, a little drop off that dropped to four or five feet, the trout would be sitting in those troughs and areas like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, biggest trout you caught out there this past weekend? Uh, I think my biggest one was like 20, 20 and a half inches, something like that. Yeah. There was some good trout out there. Yeah. There were some nice ones. I had one huge one blow up on it, but he, uh, he jumped over the top water. He didn't, he didn't hit it at all. He just missed it. Because, I think, I think a lot of people had stories this weekend about big trout, uh, being missed. I know Chuck was actually telling us, um, he had a, uh, Chuck Bayhan, I think he finished in fourth. He had a nice trout that was actually uh, being chased and eaten by a, a big bull red, 41 inches, coming well, after the trout. 40, yeah, yeah, that was a big red. Yeah, I, I saw, saw the that. pictures of that on, uh, on the Facebook. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was, a, that was a big red uh, just a weekend, a weekend too late for him, I think. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That would have been a nice fish the, the prior weekend at, uh, at IFA. So um, how long, you know, and I know you, you're familiar with this area, how long do you think these trout are going to be in this area? Um, you know, for people that now the tournaments over, people maybe want to get out there and try to get on some of these trout. Um, they'll be here for maybe through April, early, mid April. Once that grass starts growing up in the ponds, then it, it kind of shuts down the, the fishability of that area. And then the trout start to move offshore to spawn. Yeah. Probably mid April. be here. And that's a, that's a big point because when you fish in Reggio, um, the grass gets thick over there. Mm-hmm. And you know, fishing with things like topwater treble hooks, you know, voodoo under cork, things of that nature, very, very difficult to fish uh, with those type of baits mostly during the year. Especially, you know, it's it's more or less known as a redfish spot. But you know, Reggio is kind of a hidden gem for for trout fishing. I mean, they get some big trout in there. Yeah, yeah, especially this time of year, those trout love to get in those uh, those grassy areas and up on the mullets and, and whatever bait is left in the marsh during the wintertime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you fished with some other people out there or, or had launched and y'all fished. Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the baits that, you know, were effective for other people uh, out there that you spoke with? Um, well, I fished with my buddy, Cody. We, we fished pretty close together. And uh, I think he was throwing the, the uh, he also threw a skid walk for most of the morning. And then he put on, uh, he threw matrix sheds, different colors, and uh, under the cork. And uh, that, that's pretty much what he was using. He's a fan most of Most people that I talked to in our area were using cork with plastic and, and top water for most of the day. Yeah, I know Cody's a fan of that, um, the matrix. Uh, I think it's the Holy Jolie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he talks about that a lot. I've seen him post it. I actually had one. I caught a few fish uh, Saturday on that bait. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting looking bait, very clear with some specs in it. Um, but I picked up a big bag of it on the way down there, uh, just in case, you know, <laughs> just in case that was a secret yeah. bait. So I like uh, those natural colors. They yeah. Were, uh, yeah. How did you find the water? Uh, clean, dirty? Uh, where we were fishing, it was very clear and very clean. You could see the bottom in three feet of water when the sun popped out. Yeah. Which wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't often. Right, right, right. Yeah. Later on in the day, it did, it did come out and you were able to see yeah, absolutely. So you finished fifth overall at this tournament. Um, got some good angle of the year points out of it. And uh, I, did you qualify for the championship at Minimalist? No, I, I didn't qualify. So I, I qualified this week. So you so you're in now. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Now you don't have to worry about fishing the other two tournaments. So you just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll probably take it easy for the next two. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, let's, uh, we'll come back to you a little bit. Let's, let's move on to Josh Thompson. Uh, Josh been on before he's, uh, the club president right now. Um, Josh, I know you had an interesting day out there. Uh, tell us a little bit about your day. Man, we had a great day. So I, I guess I'll tell everybody kind of our little story here and you can share later. Uh, so we started out, Sean, myself, Tyler and Jason Bain, uh, we launched uh, down in Reggio, and 
Uh, I think Jason launched a little bit after us. I think he took a nap in his truck to uh, get a little extra energy. So you know, Sean and I moved out. We, we went out. We started fishing a certain area, and immediately we saw, you know, fish hit on the top. Sean was throwing top waters. I was throwing top waters. I picked up a small rat red. Uh, realized there really wasn't anything there. So we moved out a little bit and we got to where I had caught some trout the weekend before, uh, pre-fishing for the IFA, didn't catch any trout for the IFA. Uh, we got out there and immediately the trout bites. So we got going and, you know, we're picking up trout and like Sean said, voodoo shrimp under a popping cork. Uh, we were actually trolling with the, uh, you know, rods and the rod holders of the outbacks and uh, just dragging that popping cork and voodoo shrimp behind us. And you'd hear that cork start, you know, going off and you reel it in. And we were picking up some nice trout. Uh, I don't think I caught a trout. I, I did. I caught one trout under 15 inches all day. Uh, the second trout I caught was 12 and a half inches. So uh, I, I caught one at 14 inches and everything else was 15 and up after that. Right. It was, so, I didn't have a single dink throwback. Yeah, there were some really good trout. And it, at the end of the day, be, between the four of us, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get to that point later, but we all caught some really good trout. Uh, it was one of those days where I, I know the four of us would love to go back and, you know, be able to duplicate that later in life. Uh, so to, I guess to get to what everybody wants to hear about is, uh, so I, I think I had seven trout, uh, maybe eight trout in my bag. Uh, it was later in the day, probably in between 930, 10 o'clock, and the wind's really starting to pick up and getting some, not really white caps, but you're getting some waves. And we were catching fish on the wind-beaten banks. So... You know, we were fishing those banks and the voodoo shrimp under a popping cork. And I hooked into a really nice one. And Sean was probably, I don't know, 50 feet away from me. And I told him, I said, this is a good one. So I, I get my net and I've got the fish and it's right beside the kayak. And I guess my weight shifts and I'm on the edge of the outback. And my bag has other fish in it and some ice and it shifts well once all that weight gets to the side of the kayak uh i earned my turtle hat for this year so yeah i got i got thrown out of the kayak uh the water was cold it was 65 degrees <laughs> i did have a, a rain uh coat on uh to cut more or less to keep the gnats off of me and uh that helped a little bit, but it was really cold. And I know Sean got there really quick. My, my life vest inflated. Chris Holmes would be proud of me. Uh, uh, good PSA, you know, wear your life jackets. Even if you're the most experienced angler, you, you know, I've been fishing out of kayaks for nine years now. So uh, even as an experienced angler, you know, that's the second time I've got tossed. Uh, you never know when it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You just don't know when it's going to happen. So, you know, Sean come up, you know, asked me if I needed help. Yes, Sean, I need help. Well, in the meantime, he's got his phone out. He's taking pictures and video. And Tyler and Jason's coming up. Jason's asking, why are you in the water? <laughs> so everybody's got the cameras out, and I was able to entertain for the day. Tyler, Tyler, I think we have some video of that incident. Can we can we play the video? Yeah, let me let me put that up. All right, but give us a second. We're gonna um actually uh all right. I had this show in mind when we so did the, the video, so let's take a look Dugry at it. The award goes to Josh Thompson. Josh, tell us a little bit about your day. <laughs> well, I got number nine, and uh, he put up a pretty good fight, but. I can't see it yet. I'll take it. It's okay. That's a hell of a okay. trout, man. It was it was worth the swim. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's get so, you out the water, dude. Yeah, let's get out. The one thing here, 
I can recommend if you have an inflatable life vest, you need to pack a few extra uh, CO2 cartridges with you. You see how it's inflated now? I had to fish the rest of the day like that so I wouldn't be DQ'd. I didn't have an extra life vest. Uh, I didn't have any extra CO2 cartridges to recharge it. So with it inflated like that, that's how I fished the rest of the day. Now, I didn't catch more trout. I was able to upgrade to where I didn't have to weigh in the 12 and a half or, you know, a couple of the 15s. Got some really good fish. I don't think I weighed in a fish under 15 inches. Uh, ended up in sixth place. And to be able to give the message that no matter how experienced or unexperienced you are, please wear your PFDs. Yeah. So so I got a picture and a story. I want to add a little bit more to that. So, <laughs> so Sean, Sean and Jason go over to help slash take videos and pictures and next thing you know both of uh their line their their rods and lines get all tangled up so i got a picture i want to put up of uh josh is in the water with both of their lines tangled up it looked like a, a complete mess and i was thinking you know all all three of these guys finished in the top 10 and if you'd have paddled past them at that point you'd have thought they'd have never been in a kayak before in your life <laughs> and these are your officers, people. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so okay. now let me give let me give a let me give a third party perspective as to Josh's event because I was right there. I was literally, you know, a matter of maybe fifty feet from Josh. You were the cameraman. <laughs> yeah, he's fishing. I'm I'm on a point, and I said this this point here is going to hold. I think this point's got a big trout, and I'm throwing. I, I got a blow up on on my top water. And I look over and I see Josh and Josh is yelling, I got a big one. I got a big one. He's standing up in the kayak and um, I'm watching him. I said, dude's going to fall out. I just, I knew it, I could, but before I could say anything, he's got both feet on the same side of the kayak, you know, which is a definite no, no. You need to keep one foot on one side of, of the kayak and one foot on the other side. So he's got both feet on the side of the kayak. He's yelling about this big trout. Next thing I know, I see him go in the water. There goes his ruler. There goes his, uh, some of his, his fish bag. You know, thank God his fish bag was up closed because I know had those trout come out of there, his seven or eight trout, he would have been, you know, that, that would have been a, a, a game changer for him. Now, to Josh's credit, he stayed cool. He kept the rod in his hand. His life jacket's inflated. He's holding onto the side of his kayak in about three and a half foot of water, 65 degrees. We're all laughing like crazy now that we know he's okay. The trout is still on the line, okay? And this is a 20-plus inch trout. Josh reaches over into the kayak, grabs his net. No, no, no. The net was pinned under my knee. Oh, yeah. Water. I had to pull yeah. it out of the mud to net it. Yeah, so he, he, he actually gets the net, nets the trout, throws the trout into the kayak with the net, while he's standing out there and we're going around gathering gear and stuff, you know, then he's got to walk on over in this, this water. Mind you, we're all taking pictures and, and, and video of him at this point. And he's a good, probably 20 yards away from the bank. So he's making his way over to the bank, trying to get in. And this, this is where this cluster occurs. So now me and Jason's rods are all tangled up. Poor Josh is still in the water. <laughs> Jason are worried about our rods and our good baits getting ruined here. And Josh is like, hey, can, you know, can I get a in? <laughs> he saves the trout, though. He saves the trout. the trout. He it was a Mike Agnelli moment. Yeah, he finished this the day, gets his 10, finishes in the top 10 to qualify for the championship. So, I mean, that's, you know, that that's that's a courageous story, Josh. Never give up. Never and give then, up. Never and, give up. Well, and then, and then so, so a little bit later in the day, we see him. He's, he's still wearing – that big inflated life jacket fishing. And we're like, Josh, what are you, what are you doing still wearing that thing? And he said, man, I don't, I don't want to get disqualified because the rules say I got to wear my PFD. He fished all day with that, <laughs> that blown up life jacket. You know, at one point he says, he, he looks at me, he says, well, I guess I got to go in. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, it's, it's around like 1030 or so. He said, well, uh, my PFD. I'm like, Josh, the rules say you just have to wear it. You're wearing your PFD. It's inflated. You know? <laughs> 
you're fine. Keep pitching. I was right for the rest of the day. <laughs> see him all day long with these big blown up yellow signs on his neck, throwing his line, pitching. But he did it. He finished it. He uh, he caught his. T- he caught uh, what? What'd you finish with? Like twelve or thirteen? Uh, a little over twelve and a half pounds. Jeffrey come up, and when we weighed his fish, uh, I told him, "Man, you're close to me." And I didn't know if he was over me or or right there at it, but. Congratulations, Jeffrey. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess. Look, we'll we'll go on to me. I um um, so, you know, I, I finished in first place uh, this weekend. Um, it was uh, this was a special tournament for me because um, I I love trout. You know, redfish are one thing. You know, catch plenty of redfish, but. For some reason, a couple years ago, I got hooked on this this concept of just landing these big trout on top water. So um, when we got out there, I was heading out, and uh, I launched with with uh, me and Josh at the same time. Tyler was was not too far behind us, and it was real foggy um, uh, out there. And I think Tyler's probably got a picture he can show, but it was real foggy and kind of uh, real overcast. And I know talking to Brendan, I was thinking of Brendan at that point because I know these are Brendan's kind of days. These are the days that he just kind of drools over and he couldn't come to the tournament. He had a, uh, a wedding or something like that he had to go to. But I'm paddling out and I said, man, I just have a feeling there's going to be some big trout caught today. Maybe not by me, but I had a feeling some big trout were going to be caught with, with those kind of conditions. Um, but like with Jeff, I was concerned about the wind. We knew the wind was going to be picking up. And I said, you know, the first thing to do, get out there, try to catch you 10 fish and then, and then see what you can do. Maybe you can get lucky and catch a decent trout, you know, and, and my goal again was to, you know, hopefully finish the money top 10. We had some great anglers out there. Um, you know, Chris Holmes was out there, Steve Neese, Steve Lassard, uh, Squins Fedoy, uh, Jeff, you know, just some, some great guys out there that are really good trout fishermen. So we get out there, we hit an Island that we'd fished uh, the previous weekend and just not much there. What, what was happening was the, the trout would hit the top water, kind of blow up on it, but not really take it. You know, they'd kind of pop it up and you have those sometimes. Um, and so we ended up moving one Island over and that made all the difference in the world. You know, um, it's still hard to believe how moving just not that far could have made that big of a difference. What was happening though is um, we were catching trout under with under a popping cork, but they unlike with, with you, Jeff, they weren't taking it while we were popping it. We end up trolling that voodoo or that soft plastic under a popping cork down these islands. And um, it was funny to see us because if you look back, you'd see just a line of kayaks. You see one, then a couple, you know, 30, 40 yards behind that, you'd see another kayak, then another kayak, just trolling that bank uh, with that voodoo or that soft plastic. And all of a sudden, you'd feel that thump, you hear that rod going turn around and uh i think maybe my first trout was 19 inch trout um i think i had a, a picture of it on there uh tyler but i was pretty pumped after i caught that one because i knew there were some big trout out there um really excited about that a little bit later on in the morning the top water bite started picking up so uh, uh jeffrey like you i was throwing that she dog it was the the blue and silver one um that's a bait that we got at minimalist challenge I think the last year Steve Lassard picked the baits. Um, and that is probably one of my all-time favorite topwater baits. I've probably bought five or six of them since then. Um, I don't know what it is about the color, the pattern, whatever, but it, it's just been very good to me over the years with that topwater. So at that point, you know, we're fishing in about three foot of water. Um, and the trout are hitting the baits while we're trolling them. And they're starting to hit the topwaters in front of us. Uh, what I can say is that when you're fishing around these islands, there were some beautiful points. You just see this flat, calm water, these slicks, and you're thinking, this looks like a perfect area. I fished all those calm points and never got a bite. Everything was coming from the windward side. Um, at one point, we may have been fishing in a foot chop out there, and the trout were still biting it. If you went into any of the protected areas, uh, the trout didn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, and I, I talked to Steve and I talked to Brendan about this after. And, you know, one of the common theories is that what happens is this wind is pushing all this bait up against the island. So all the bait is being pushed uh, by the wind and the surf into this area. So you've gotten, and I think that's why most of the trout we were catching were larger trout. 
because the smaller trout aren't able to feed up in there because of the waves and, and the current and everything. So the trout we were catching are 15 plus inches. Um, you know, we used, uh, I, again, I used the voodoo, the natural color voodoo under a popping cork about a foot. Um, trolling it only, I, I just put it in the back of the kayak and go up and down the islands. I'd hit any spots, any points I could find. Uh, there were some other areas. Um, there was a little island that uh, you could drift off of about probably about 50, 60 yards off the shore that we saw a boat just drifting down and uh, he wouldn't catch anything anchored. He had a drift. It was the same thing with us. None of the trout were in one spot. You had to keep moving. If he sat down and anchored, you'd maybe catch one trout and that was about it. The trick was to keep moving. We did a little island hopping, maybe pick up some trout here and there and then come back to one of the other islands. He'd pick up another. So these big trout, um, you know, when talking to people, they don't school up really. You're going to find them, um, find them solo. And that's what you want. You know, when you, especially when you throw in a top water and you're looking for those big trout, you want to kind of keep moving down 20, 30 yards and everything. So uh, that was really the pattern we found. Um, I had three over 20 inches. Uh, I, I got lucky um, on a. Uh, I think we're losing him. <laughs> a big one, two inches, and I'm taking mule trout at uh, 3.82 pounds. Yeah, sorry. So anyway, yeah, sorry guys, I'm in a hotel tonight, so the internet's not as great as it as, uh, as it is at home. But um, so anyway, you know, we were fishing in two or three foot of water, top water, voodoo under a cork. Uh, you know, those were the baits I think all of us used out there. Caught some really nice trout. Um, one of those days we'd, we'd love to be able to live again, uh, especially fishing with friends. So, uh, it was just a great day out there. Um, real quick to recap though, we had, uh, we had five places played, paid out. Uh, Jeffrey Oliver came in fifth at 13.57 pounds. Chuck Bayhan came in fourth at 13. Squans Fenoy had 18.38 pounds. Sean, we, we lost you bad, man. We, we can't, we're not hearing anything you're saying. We didn't even hear any of the results or anything. So, um, Quince Benoit was in uh, third place. I don't know his weights. I don't have that right here. Uh, Steve Lassard was second place. Uh, he had a really nice bag. I think, think 17.39 uh, pounds, Steve Lassard. For Steve, what did Squints have? Squints uh, had 14.7. 14.7 then Sean was 19 point something in first place uh just some epic trout brought in and what I wanted to tell everybody was Sean didn't even have to work for it you know me you and Jason were out there working our behinds off for the fish and Sean was you know trolling catching the fish I know so, I tell well, you he's all, we can tell everybody that every fish that he caught was just trolling <laughs> yeah, I, he, you know, he caught that big one on topwater, and I swear, I worked up and down the same bank of this island, back and forth, 20 minutes, and he comes around the corner and throws the topwater and catches that 3.8 pound and uh, lands it, and he comes by my kayak, and he's like, ha, look, we have the same topwater tied on. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> I've been sitting here for 20 minutes, and he comes around the corner. and, and uh, So for the uh, soft dog that we got at Minimalist Challenge, I want to say in 2018, it was in our bag for then. It was, a, you know, the soft dog. It was, I call it a parrot color. It's kind of like a, a darker green, and it's got a like a glow pearl-colored body, and it's got an orange spot on its throat area. Uh, I think I caught three fish all day on top water, but most everything else was under cork. I'm going to put up a picture. I know Sean kind of cut out when we're talking about it, but he, he did end up with big trout. It was uh, 3.82 pounds, and I'm just going to throw up a picture of it. It's a pretty nice fish for uh, tournament day for sure. He had that one, and, and Michael Etheridge, I think, was the only person that was even close to being a threat. Uh, he was maybe like an ounce or something uh, smaller. But Michael only had, I think, three trout that he weighed in. There he is. I think he's back. He's back. Can you hear us, Sean? Nope, he's not back. <laughs> All right, well, look, we're going to transition. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about an event that Pack and Paddle's having this weekend. I've been there 
the last two years. So this will be my third year in a row. It's really neat. Honestly, to me, it's probably one of the best um, events that we have for kayak fishing in the state. And they've been doing it every year. Um, so on this Friday night from five to eight, it's called Beer and Gear. It's at Pack and Paddle in Lafayette. Um, they they uh, they have representatives from all of the, a bunch of different vendors that they deal with in their store, kayak companies, um, accessories that come in from all over the country and they set up booths with their new products. Um, and they're also required to bring um, like three cases of beer from the area that they're, they're from. So uh, when you come to the event, you can walk around and you get to try free like craft beer from different uh, areas of the country. It's really neat and um, see the products. Uh, they have door prize. So when, when you go in, you get um, one raffle ticket uh, for free. You can buy extras. They give away a bunch of door prizes from all these um, different companies. Uh, with the big prize being this year, they're giving away a 2019 Hobie Outback. So uh, just by showing up, you get a free chance at winning the Outback. And, of course, you can buy extra chances at winning it. So that's a pretty good prize. And then uh, – Following that, on Saturday morning, they have a, a big demo day from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, at Vermilionville Pond, which is 300 Fisher Road. And all these uh, various kayak vendors uh, set up. Um, all the guys that represent the companies come out there. All the kayaks are out there, and you can talk to them one-on-one -on -one and learn about all the different kayaks. It's, it's, uh, it's a pretty impressive event. Like I said, I've been the last two years, and I'm looking forward to going this weekend. And, and Pack and Paddle does uh, sponsor our Angler of the Year. They have in the past. Uh, good company over in Lafayette to go visit for all your kite and outdoor needs. That's correct. Sean, did you make it back or are you still just <laughs> – looks like he's frozen. Yeah, he's frozen. So why are you talking about beer? Yeah, Sean, can you hear me now? Oh. Yeah, we can hear you. Hang on. When Sean sent us that text this morning about the, the guy who's – sending the, the text message. Uh, we know who that guy is. Uh, when we get to Paddlepalooza, look me up. Uh, if you drink beer, I'll buy you a beer. Uh, if you want a Coke, Diet Coke, water, whatever, come look me up. I want to shake your hand and thank you for your service. Uh, and glad you're a member of the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. Appreciate you. Sean, you have service yet or – Give us a test. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I know Lafayette Kayak Club has a uh, tournament coming up called Marsh Madness. It's a really neat format. Uh, do either of you guys happen to know the date? Because Sean had the date, and uh, he's he's in now. I think it's maybe March 30th or? I think it's the uh, the 23rd, March 23rd. 23rd. Okay. Third. Yes, it's pretty neat. So uh, they require you to bring, uh, I think it's maybe eight plastics look at the rules I, I might be saying it wrong but you basically you put eight plastics and one wild card bait in a ziploc bag uh it could be a spoon or a spinner bait or whatever you you'd like and when you get there in the morning everybody puts their ziploc bags in a box and or they're all numbered and then uh you draw a number sean's calling me now <laughs> <laughs> Tell him we got this sean we got this man just enjoy your crappy wi-fi <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you just plug me in? Let me just talk to you guys every time like this. Plug you? I don't want to plug you in. Can Can y'all hear him? I can hear him. Okay. I'm can y'all gonna... hear me? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey. Yeah. So we're. I just let you know, Sean. We're. I was talking about March Madness and the format about uh, you know, they they let you bring eight eight baits, eight soft plastics, a wild card bait. You put it in a Ziploc. When you get there in the morning, you turn them all in. They number the bags. And you, you draw a random number out the box, and um, that associates to the bag of baits that you get to fish with. So you don't know what you're going to fish with. Uh, they do allow you to bring uh, your own wild card. So you can bring one bait of confident, your, your confidence choice, uh, whether it's a spinner bait or whatever you'd like to bring, and I uh, think maybe a popping cork. And then you also need to bring um, eight jig heads or hooks to associate with those soft plastics. Um, now... The, the catch is that if if the person that is fishing with your bag wins the tournament, you also win money. So that's kind of an incentive to not load your bag with a bunch of junk that nobody wants to fish with, you know. So, uh, 
Find the good stuff. Yeah, it, it's a real neat event. And, you know, it's it's got a very you know minimalist challenge for us. is a really popular tournament, and uh, it's it's a very similar feel because it's it's um, a shotgun launch all from the same place with uh, limited bait selection. It, it's a very similar format, and uh, probably one of the more popular events that that they do as well. So it's worth checking out. Uh, yeah, that's still going. It's L. So the LafayetteKayakFishingClub, Yeah, something like that. I think it might be LafayetteKayakFishing.com or something like that. But, uh, yeah, and they're on Facebook too. Good club. Good guys. All right, Sean, you want to you wanna try to take it from the cell phone yeah. and see if it works? And let me know if, if anybody has any trouble hearing. But here, we're going to talk about our, our next tournament briefly. It's uh, going to be Double Trouble. Um, this is going to be a team tournament. And uh, we will certainly, um, you know, get into a little bit more details on it when I get back and we have a better internet connection. But essentially, this is a tournament that's going to take place on April 6th. The legal areas to fish include all of Terrebonne and Lafourche Parish. The weigh-in is going to be at Pack Kayak Rentals over at uh, Eddie Elise's place. Um, this is a tournament we've been working on for a while. We've been trying to get the format right. We want to make sure that the, the playing field was level. You know, we've got a lot of good anglers. And what we wanted to prevent was really the creation of any super teams. So uh, the format's essentially going to be the heaviest weight of one redfish and five trout. Now, this is per team member. So each team can weigh in two reds and ten trout. But the caveat is each member can only weigh in up to one red and five trout, meaning you can't have one team member weighing in the two redfish, the other team member weighing in the ten trout. You can't share fish. So whatever fish you catch, you have to weigh in individually. And a couple of reasons for that. One, the individual weight is going to go to the angler of the year points. So even though you may have a good day and your partner may not have a good day, that's okay because we're going to take that into account for your individual weight will we'll, you know, be decided amongst everybody else's individual weight. Additionally, uh, your individual weight will determine whether or not you qualify for the championship. So the top 15 individual weights will qualify for the championship. Also, there's going to be an individual Calcutta, and that's going to award, award uh, money for uh, people that, that, that choose to fish that individual. Now, I think what we're going to do is it's going to be a, a $30 entry fee for, the, for each team member, so $60 a team, and then each team member will have the option of uh, putting in $10 for the individual Calcutta. Now, the $10 uh, fee will be um, repaid 100% back to the anglers, depending on how many people we have fishing the Calcutta, depending will depend on how many individual places we will pay. Same thing with the team tournament. Now, the team award obviously will go to the team, and then they can choose to split it however they want. We would assume it would be 50-50, but um, that will be split however they would like it. Um, so, uh, again, all anglers are required to wear a PFD, and for this particular tournament, this will be the one that we allow any type of bait you want to use. So live shrimp, cockahose, croaker, whatever you want to use, you can uh, you can use in this bait. Obviously, gulps, scents, uh, any, any type of things like that. Um, that's also to help out some of the local marinas and the areas that we fish. Uh, you're looking at a lot of different areas that can be fished here. Um, certainly, Point of Shin, uh, Golden Meadow, Basons, Leeville. All of those areas are in play. Um, what I what I would recommend to the anglers fishing the tournament is that you know if you're strong in one area, say that you're a strong trout fisherman, but maybe not so much redfish, try to team yourself up with somebody who is a uh, uh, maybe a very good red fisherman that that can that knows the areas that can focus on that. The purpose of the event is to basically have you fishing with your friends, having you guys rooting for each other and having the team members help each other out. Uh, so for me, for example, I'm fishing with uh, a partner right now that I have playing uh, who is somewhat trout challenged. Um, he loves to fish redfish, great red fisherman, um, but his problem is once he catches redfish, he wants to continue catching redfish, even though the tournament may call for trout or flounder. Uh, so my goal is going to get him to focus off that redfish and get him focusing on catching those trout. In turn, you know, he's a great sight fisherman. You know, I fished with him before. I'm hoping he can help me out, get to those areas 
where he can kind of point them out to me. Maybe he's got his redfish already. He says, Sean, look, let's go catch your redfish. Let's go find these areas. Let's go catch yours. And in turn, we'll, we'll go out. I'm a little bit probably better trout fisherman than he is. We'll go out and look for some trout, try some different tactics. And, you know, certainly when I catch my trout, I'm going to get him and, and try to get him on that spot as well. Um, you know, there's not big numbers in this. We're looking for more quality fish. That's why we're looking at one redfish, obviously a slot redfish, uh, five trout. So it's a good quality trout. You can take your time. You can use bigger baits. You can do what you want to try to really focus in on getting those those big fish. Now, for teams, um, Tyler, if you could put up the uh, the list there, of the, uh, the chart you made earlier. Let me know when it's up. Yeah, it's up. All right. So this is a list that we created. Uh, the officers spent a lot of time, we spent last four or five months trying to figure out what's the best way to kind of prevent any super teams. And, you know, we didn't want to knock a lot of people out from fishing together, but what we decided to do was go back to the last two years, look at any angler that placed in first place in any Bayou Coast tournament, including the slam divisions for Balotide and Palapalooza, and also the Lafayette uh, uh, Kayak Club. They've got some great fishermen in that club. Uh, we didn't want anybody in our club going over there and poaching one of their, uh, you know, one of their aces and bringing them in and and, um, and coming in and wiping it out. So uh, the list of anglers that we have listed on the tournament are all people who have placed in first place in a Bayou Coast or Lafayette Club tournament in the last two years. Uh, those anglers, along with any anglers who have qualified for the Hobie Worlds, are prevented from fishing from each other uh, with each other. They can fish with anybody else they, they want to, and we encourage some of these people to go out and, and maybe find some, you know, anglers that aren't ex as experienced as them and, uh, you know, help them out. Maybe help these guys out uh, qualify for the championship, uh, you know, and do that. So we, we, what we did want to do was go through and just randomly pick out people. You know, hey, this guy's a good fisherman, this guy's a good fisherman, you know, so we're going to ban them from fishing together. We thought a fairer way to do it was just to take people who have placed in first and, um, and and ban them from fishing together or prohibit them from fishing together. You know, I think it's probably a better word. Uh, certainly, this is no knock to, to all these other anglers. We have some great fishermen out there that maybe just did not place first in the next, uh, you know, in the last two years. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to seeing some of these teams out there. Uh, I've got a number of names that come to mind already that I think will probably end up teaming up, uh, looking forward to competing against them, and uh, really looking forward to this tournament. It's something I've wanted to do for a couple of years. We finally got it in place, and, um, you know, really looking forward to uh, to fishing. So what we'd like to do is, I know there may be some questions about any of these tournaments or from Trout Challenge. If we've got any questions from any of our viewers, you know, now's the time to ask. Certainly if something comes up to you later on, we can, you know, we can address those questions. Um, Tyler, do we have anything? Uh, no questions now. But one, one thing I wanted to mention, you mentioned Hobie World's qualifiers. Um, so on this list, I I listed the few that I know of that typically fish our events, like Matt Van, uh, Tommy Eubanks, Benton Parrott. Uh, but if you're even if it's not you're not on this list, if you're a Hobie World's qualifier, you're still on this list. I just didn't list all the names, you know. So uh, just just know that you know. Um, if, Somebody on this list wants to go get their their buddy who's uh, over in Florida, but he, he might have qualified for the Hobie Worlds. He, he's still not uh, not allowed to, to fish um, with another what we're calling power angler on this slide. But yeah, the only question that come up on Facebook was from Mark Eubanks. He was wondering if him and his dad could fish together, Mr. Tommy. Unfortunately, Mark. You know, winning Paddlepalooza and Mr. Tommy winning everything under the sun, they are considered a power team and they are not allowed to fish together. Mm. Mr. Tommy, if you're looking for someone to fish with. Um, <laughs> Mr. Tommy know, is I, the first person on the board. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's true. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, so yeah, I'll be paying. So, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe one of you guys. But, um, you know, so look, be creative, have fun with this tournament, you know, be creative with your team name. Um, you know, there's going to be some situations and some questions coming up. Uh, you know, if your team member comes in early, what happens? You know, look, y'all are going to have to launch together. You're all going to have to weigh in together. Uh, here's the big thing, though, and I forgot to mention this. You cannot split up. 
you have to stay within sight distance of each other. And, and now when I say that, use some common sense, you know. Um, if you're fishing on one side of Catfish Lake and your partner's on the other side, that's not sight distance. If you're fishing down the same stretch of bank and y'all are a couple hundred yards away from each other, stand up in the kayak and you can see each other, yeah, that's fine, you know. We, we, you know, what we're trying to encourage are people fishing together, enjoying the company, enjoying rooting on your team members. I mean, this past weekend, even though, you know, me, Josh, and Tyler, Jason, were all competing against each other, we also had a blast watching each other catch the fish. You know, when someone catch a big trout, you know, we were happy for them. We cheered them on. Uh, this is a way you can actually do that, but also it's going to be to your advantage. You know, when, when you come in with your fish, your partner's got his fish, and you're weighing together. You know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people. I've had a number of people texting me already wanting to know about the format, wanting to, uh, you know, when to start figure out who their team member was going to be and kind of start planning and strategizing. So, um, you know, give it some thought. Um, you know, if you have any questions about it, you know, what you consider sight distance, you know, let me know. But basically use common sense. Uh, I will say that everybody out there is going to be on the watch out, you know, we may have a polygraph out at this tournament. So, you know, don't share your fish. Don't separate, you know, just, you know, play within the rules, have a good time. I think it's going to be a great tournament. Um, you know, and certainly it'll be a, a preview for, uh, for Paddlepalooza. You can use this opportunity to scout for Paddlepalooza if you plan on fishing down in Golden Meadow or, uh, or Leeville. Yeah, if you know somebody who's pack, you know, guys up. You team up with someone who knows pack, someone who knows Leeville. There's no rules against bouncing around either. No, there's not. None. You can certainly start if you want to run out to Golden Meadow or something and catch your uh, catch your trout, then you know, haul on over to uh, to pack and try to catch your redfish. You know, certainly within limits. You know, I I think some people even suggested starting out in pack. And maybe working, I'm starting out in Golden Meadow and working your way over to uh, to pack for the weigh-in. You know, I know it's a paddle, but I'm sure it can be done. Um, you know, you, you fish it with a team, so you can certainly make arrangements for that. So, lots of different options uh, for people. Um, again, you know, come up with a good name. Uh, you know, we're going to be out there. It's it's going to be a great tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. Early April, that's just going to be a great time to fish. A lot of trout, a lot of redfish out there. Um, weather should be good, hopefully, knock on wood. So we're, we're really looking forward to that one. Hey, Sean, uh, Mark Eubanks is asking, when will a final list of power anglers be listed? I mean, uh, I think, we're I pretty think final pretty with it now, right? Yeah. Yeah, that should be the list along with anybody who qualified for the Hobie Worlds. Yeah. 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 I'll get it posted. On the, I'm going to double check it because I threw that together kind of quick for the uh, episode tonight. I'll double check yeah. it, and we'll uh, get it posted up on the rules and the form. Yeah, and, and certainly if you have a question about whether or not, you know, your, your team is okay, you know, email one of us at the, at the club, at the officers. We can check into it for you. But, you know, really we were just looking at those people listed and anybody who qualified for the Hobie Worlds, um, you know, trying to, uh, trying to team up together. So hopefully this will level the playing field a little bit and kind of spread out some of the love. Yeah, I'm looking for a partner who's got an extra life jacket. <laughs> absolutely absolutely well look guys I think that's going to wrap tonight's episode um, next week we're going to try to get somebody on from Lafayette Club to talk a little bit about their club uh, their tournament that's coming up March Madness Tyler uh, touched base on it earlier some of their other tournaments and stuff um, you know we're right in the thick of tournament season so uh, really these next few weeks going to be focused on all these great tournaments coming up uh, after double trouble we're going to be moving on to Paddlepalooza the month of April is going to be our you know our toast to Paddlepalooza so we're going to spend a lot of time on that and then uh, once the tournament's kind of in for the for the spring session we're going to start moving into you know other things uh, you know selecting rods reels uh, all the good stuff out there so we got a lot of good stuff coming out um, you know we look forward to seeing you guys next week and certainly we'll uh, we'll talk some more uh, at that point if you have any questions in the meantime feel free to to give us a call, shoot us an email or whatever. Uh, Josh, uh, Jeffrey, thanks for coming on tonight. Sorry for the technical mm -hmm. difficulties. I'm at a, a Hilton Holiday Inn and internet's running real slow over here. Well, tonight, our, our, our viewers doubled when we took your face off the screen, so it's hard. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. All right, guys. This well, is look, a plug for Holiday Inn. Uh,
Holiday Express. Are you Holiday Inn Pro Staff or? Hashtag Holiday Inn. Hashtag Holiday Inn. Hashtag Holiday Inn. The internet sucks. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Sorry about that. Bye-bye.